This morning on the third hour of today, new rescues in Florida as millions get their lights back on. We're going to be live in one of the devastated communities with the historic recovery effort. Then, later, something's fishy. The cheating scandal rocking the boat in the competitive fishing world. We got weights and fish! There we go. Why law enforcement is now wading in. Plus, the scoop on an ice cream dream job. What it takes to become a Ben & Jerry's flavor guru. And in today's food, the kitchen creation we didn't know we needed. How to make pizza meatloaf meatloaf today tuesday october 4th 2022 live from studio 1a in rockefeller plaza this is the third hour of today good morning everybody and welcome to the third hour of today al along with chanel craig here in new york for a tuesday and a wet tuesday. you look outside here just not in new york but also up and down the east coast we got the remnants of uh, hurricane mm -hmm. ian but again nothing compared to what our friends down in florida and south carolina have in to fact, deal with yes in fact in florida the state is just beginning to recover from the storm power is slowly being restored fewer than a half a million customers are still waiting for the lights to come back on but the road ahead is daunting in fact in fort myers beach nearly every single home and business is damaged or destroyed. Mm. That is where we find NBC's Sam Brock. He joins us live. Sam, what's the latest on the ground there? Chanel, isn't that amazing? 3,500 structures just in Fort Myers Beach damaged or destroyed. That's just one little area, or certainly highly affected area, of this whole region. So you're talking about thousands upon thousands of buildings. I am still a week later finding scenes, stumbling upon them that I still cannot believe with my own eyes. As you see, all of these boats just stacked up in the marina here. On the other side of what you're looking at, there are more larger boats with their masts sticking up from the water, upturned at basically 90 degree angles, if not even more extreme than that. Check this out. As we walk over here, there's a hangar. Now, this is a marina. This hangar was built, I'm told by the owner, six months ago. It was built to withstand strong winds like from hurricanes. Look at this thing. It's all crumpled up. The top of that metal, uh, I guess, awning has been sheared off as if you pulled off some sort of foil. Now, the search and rescue efforts right now, I think to me, guys, this is the most surprising part. They're still in the primary level of searching for people with the death toll now over 100, which is to say that sort of broader canvas style grid search that's still going on. Then they get into more detail more meticulous examination of some of the individual buildings, and that's where the troubles arise, because either they're not structurally stable, so engineers have to come in, assess them, then search and rescue crews can go inside, or it's just piles of rubble, which is to say, you gotta peel it off layer by layer. Think about what happened during Surfside, but on a smaller scale there, they're looking for void spaces where there may be people or survivors or victims inside of the spaces. This is all going on, multiply that by thousands of buildings, that's what's happening on the ground right now. Sam, meanwhile, it seems like there's this, this continued backlash about how Lee County, where you are, didn't order people to evacuate until the day before uh, that storm hit. What are you hearing about that part of the story? So you talk to people on the ground, Craig, and they'll tell you, by and large, look, we knew that there could be trouble stirring. No one was oblivious to the fact that this was all over radio and television airwaves. We always know when storms come, there are risks. However, we have survived Charlie, we've survived Irma, we've survived fill in the blank. We didn't see a reason why we had to evacuate. That's what I'm hearing from folks on the ground. But certainly plenty of questions right now for the officials in Lee County about the timing of this because neighbors like Port Charlotte, for example, did evacuate their residents 
hours, days in advance, and yet Tuesday morning, really about 24 hours before Ian arrived, that's when the Lee County officials made the decision to do mandatory evacuations. It expanded throughout the course of the day. Governor DeSantis, though, really doubled down on the reaction here. So did FEMA. They all said 72 hours out, Fort Myers, where I'm standing, wasn't in the cone. And 48 hours out, it was on the periphery. So really, it's Monday morning quarterbacking, in their opinion, to say, if you had all of this focus and attention in Tampa, Tampa's going to be a catastrophe. And then, in the waning hours right leading into landfall, it moves 150 or 200 miles southeast. How are you going to second-guess officials who are working with information in real time? That's the back and forth, but really it feels like it's been more sort of discussed in our circles, less on the ground where people are just trying to grapple with what they're looking at right so now. It right. doesn't matter to them. Exactly. The right now, yeah. that damage is just heartbreaking. Yeah. All right, Sam Brock, thank you. All right. Well, now to a lighter note, the scandal that's making waves in the world of competitive fishing. There's a fishing tournament with big money on the line. Uh, it took a dramatic twist. This is going to really hook you when uh, the two leaders were actually accused of cheating. NBC's Gotti Schwartz is following the story. Gotti, good morning. I can't believe uh, it. Yeah, there are the kinds of fish stories you hear and think, sure, buddy, I bet that really happened out there on the lake. And then there is this unbelievable saga that came with some video and an even fishier kind of ending. Take a look. 12, we got Chase Kaminsky, Jake Runyon, weighing a big fish, our current team of the year. If you believe those who were there, this is the moment a lot of eyebrows started to go up. Anglers Jacob Runyon and Chase Kaminsky leading yet another fishing tournament. Your new leaders locking it in, team of the year, definitely team of the year champions. They even headed up to take their pictures at the Lake Erie Walleye Fishing Competition, ready to claim almost 30 grand in prize money. But watch closely when just moments later, the event's organizer, Jason Fisher, decides to check the belly of one of those fish. We got weights and fish! There we go! Oh, From then on, it's a mob calling fell in a way only true fishermen can. But Jason Fisher wasn't done investigating, finding almost eight pounds of lead weights and a bunch of fresh-looking fish fillets inside. A filleted fish! Meanwhile, Jake Runyon, still standing there, asked Point Blank what he was thinking. Do you have anything to say, Jake? You call the cops! Angler Steve Hendricks and Brian Ulmer finished fourth. They couldn't believe what they were seeing. Or at least almost couldn't believe it. Finally, we don't have to deal with this anymore, and we finally got rid of the problem that everybody suspected. So I just hope, I just hope they hammer them. Turns out it's not the first time Runyon and Kaminsky have been suspected of cheating. Last year, they were disqualified from another championship after one of them failed a polygraph. According to reports, Runyon said he was innocent and got a lawyer. As for this past weekend, law enforcement is now involved. Ohio's Department of Natural Resources released a statement saying they've collected evidence and are preparing a report for prosecutors. Fishing is supposed to be a gentleman's sport where you are supposed to be honest. And for these guys to come in and do this was just absolutely reprehensible. Now, we reached out to Runyon and Kaminsky, but haven't heard back. Legal experts say because there is money involved, there could also be criminal charges. Guys, back to you. Ooh, wow. So many questions. That I didn't, I didn't know they were, taking, they were taking polygraph tests in competitive fishing. Yeah, they've taken polygraph tests in the past, and that's why a lot of people that were at that uh, competition were like, how can this happen again? So it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, the entire fishing world right now is talking about and just can't believe. 
Um, that's fascinating. Scales of justice. It? Oh my goodness. We got weights in the <laughs> weights in the fish, Scotty. Weights in the fish. You, you know, Al. I, with all due respect, they they, they have to go uh, possibly to court, and uh, they may be not guilty. Oh, guilty. oh my God! Oh, you, right. you got there, wow. Gotti. All right. Well, well, Gotti will stay tuned. Okay, for oh, that. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Thank you, Gotti. Thank you, Gotti. I was like, where are we sure. going? That was a good one. Guilty. All right, well, now to another story getting a lot of buzz around the world this morning. Kim Kardashian in hot water, really, with the SEC. So here's the deal. Back in 2021, she posted this on her Instagram. She has 225 million followers. She said, this is not financial advice, but sharing what my friends just told me about the Ethereum Max token. That's a form of cryptocurrency. And then at the bottom, you see here, she included the hashtag ad. But the SEC says that just didn't go far enough and that she needed to disclose that she was paid a quarter of a million dollars for that post. So here's the latest. Kardashian agreed to pay one point three million dollars as a fine and to not promote cryptocurrency for the next three years. She wants it behind her. In a a statement that was obtained by NBC News, her attorney said in part, quote, uh, she wanted to get the matter behind her to avoid a protracted dispute. The agreement that she reached with the SEC allows her to do that so that she can move forward with her many different business pursuits. It's important to note here, not the first time that the SEC has come down on celebrities for how they promote cryptocurrency. Experts say if you see something online that seems too good to be true, be cautious and do your own research, especially if you are investing money. Okay. All right. Well, now to the trailer that is picking up millions of views online. Marvel Studios just dropping a new look at the Black Panther sequel, Wakanda Forever. Mm. The movie plot kept tightly under wraps as the franchise moves forward without Chadwick Boseman, of course, who you remember died in 2020 after a battle with colon cancer. This uh, trailer gives a glimpse at the new Black Panther. You think it's Michael I, Well, I did. I, mean, I couldn't really see it before, but now you I think mind? it's a female. I, I think, told you. I, I think yeah. so. Yeah. I think so, too. Yeah. So, obviously, as you can see by us talking about it. We don't uh, know. Everybody's running wild with theories about who that could possibly be. I thought maybe it might have been Michael, uh, B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. No, but that Killmonger, physique. But that physique looks yeah. a little less you feminine. Think, you think it's I think it's his sister. sister. She was just here was just on the third yeah. hour a couple days ago. And she wouldn't, she wouldn't she tell wouldn't, us we, anything. No That's matter why what. I think it's her. No matter what. Huh. Okay. Look at that. Uh, oh, I can't we're wait. We're looking forward to that one yeah. coming out next month. Now to a, a little taste of nostalgia this morning, folks. McDonald's reimagining the Happy Meal for grownups. Okay. That's right. So it's called... The Cactus Plant Flea Market box. Huh? Cactus Plant Flea Market. It's a, it's a streetwear brand. Oh. And, and the boxes come with a Big Mac or 10 nuggets plus fries and a drink. Okay. And of course. Oh, look at it. You get a toy. But Is this they, had Grim, they had Grimace, Hamburglar, Birdie, but they all got like four eyes. What's going on there? What do you mean? And we have some here, folks. We've oh, got yeah. some of the first ones. So is this really happening? Yeah. This is for I guess. real? Oh, look oh. at my toy. What oh, is my that? gosh. See? See, this is how they what get girls. Oh, we get hey, toys again. Oh, look at I her. Remember, I remember back in the day. Oh, that's Birdie. Oh, that's very, but I don't know what the four eye thing is. Maybe it's a part of the. That's Grimace there, of course. Uh, when Courtney was was about three or four years old, the big yeah. Happy Meal was with the uh, Beanie Babies. Oh, yeah. And people were going nuts. I remember that craze. Uh, to the point where I was like calling in favors, asking people if I could get there. In fact, there, oh, there's the commercial. I forgot about that. Uh, and the Beanie Baby was big. So for adults, 
you know, this, this is kind of, and cool. it's nostalgic. Yeah. How so much are they you, charging? I was Selena? just about to say, and then what do you do? You just go up and say, can I have an adult Happy Meal, please? Well, they're not calling it an adult Happy Meal. What are they calling it? Oh, the cactus plant flea yeah. market? Yeah, but we I can call so. it an adult Happy Meal. I mean, right. of course, my kids love a McDonald's breakfast. Who sure. doesn't? Thank you. Like Thank you, you know what I love is a sausage egg McMuffin. Mm, it's like my favorite thing. Okay, that kind of took a turn. But it's okay. I don't think it's a sausage egg McMuffin. Yeah, no, they it's do have a sausage. Sa- no, it's just a sausage McMuffin. Because the egg is in- Ah, that's true. Yes. Yeah, well, in Wichita, McMuffin. we called it a sausage egg McMuffin. Well, you have your in Wichita, in cheese. your house. Okay, fine. When we come back, an inside look at how the monarchy is moving on after the death of Queen Elizabeth II. Uh, we're going to tell you about The New Royals. There's a brand new book out. And then a little bit later, on the job of the woman who gets paid to create and taste, no, no, not McDonald's, Ben and Jerry's ice cream. How she got the job, mm. her greatest hits, and the flavors that didn't make the cut. Third hour of today, right back what after is that? this. Is that a Big Mac? That's a Big Mac. So it's been nearly one month since Queen Elizabeth passed away and ushering in a new era for the monarchy. Well, this morning, we've got a unique look back and ahead for the royal family. Royal commentator and author Katie Nichol is here from across the pond to share with us some details from her brand new book, The New Royals, Queen Elizabeth's Legacy and the Future of the Crown. Katie, good morning. Good morning. And thanks for being here for your, for your publication well, day. thank yeah. you for having me. It is such an honor to be with you all and to see you all in person because obviously we were under very different circumstances yeah. yes. a month ago. So it's now, lovely to be here. Well, thank you. Well, in the, in the book... You paint this very vivid uh, life and legacy of Queen Elizabeth. But to, to start where you know, everybody's thinking about what's coming next. Mm. So, and of course, it's hard to tell. But in your mind, how do you see uh, King Charles's reign differing from his mother's? Well, I think it will. I think, you know, the secret really to the Queen's success was her ability to evolve. Like She never was too far ahead of the times, but she was always on the pulse. And I I think that we're going to see the King, I think we're already seeing him, really sort of embracing a modern monarchy. And um, I think we'll see, I think we'll see him act quite quickly. I mean, I say in the book that he's had this five-year master plan lined up for, for quite some time. And I think he's going to be very, very quick to execute it and um you know we've we've already seen him sort of lay down the markers of mm-hmm. of his kingship and what that reign might look like you know the first thing he did as king even before he met with the prime minister was to go out to meet the people i was there I with those that. crowds yeah. and no one quite knew what the reception was going to be like and you could see him visibly sort of lift his mood mm-hmm. lift when everyone applauded and there were cries of God save the king. And it was an extraordinary moment. And then he did something no monarch has ever done before. And he walked himself through the gates of Pucking Palace. So I think that says a lot about the people's king, the kind of the kind of king we can expect. Hands on. In the book, you you talk about a series of interviews that you had with one of the king's elite cousins that seemed to reveal a little bit about her her character away from the spotlight, yes. if you will. What what did you find? Well, this was the Queen's late cousin, Lady Elizabeth Anson, who who actually died a couple of years ago. And we'd had a number of discussions and interviews over a period of about 10 years. And I suppose for me, what Liza, the late Liza, did was she brought the Queen to life for me as a person. Mm. At that insight as a mother, 
as a grandmother, as a great grandmother, because we were also used to seeing the Queen on our postage stamps mm. in our living rooms on Christmas Day, that familiar image of the Queen, but to actually understand what she really felt. And of course, there were key moments I wanted yep. to understand. I mean, in the early 90s, when it was all going horribly wrong for the monarchy, her Annus Horribilis in 92, she told Liza, I don't worry about myself. I worry for the future. And look how things have changed. And of course, I wanted to get to the bottom of what the Queen really felt about Mexit, about Harry and Meghan leaving. Oh. Do you feel like was, you found it? I think so. In this book? I think it's in what the book. What do you book. think? Well, she was, she was very hurt. She was very dis disappointed. Mm -hmm. But that overriding feeling more than anything was for a woman who had become queen when she was never meant to. That idea that Harry could turn his back on this duty and how yeah. he did it, she could never really understand it. It wasn't something that would even dawn on her. But no, because even though, even though yeah. her, her father was foisted into that because her uncle abdicated. Exactly. And so that, that sense of duty, was it was never an option for the queen. Mm. She was always going to be queen and she embraced that duty. So she, and by the way, I think it's also important to say, because there's been so much about Megxit, she made time for Harry right up until the end. I mean, he would call all the time. He would FaceTime. She would always take those calls. Mm. She would always pick up. You know, she was watching her, her great-grandchildren grow up on FaceTime, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that sense of turning his back on duty, it was an alien concept to her. Oh, so oh. good. I hope William and Harry also mend their relationship, oh, but we don't have time for that. Oh. But that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm over here time. trying to uh, tell right. me. The, oh, I'll just read the book. You How about the that? Yeah, that's, that's the idea. idea. That's the yeah. whole idea. In fact, the book is out today. <laughs> that's right. The new Royals out now. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Uh, coming up next, meet a woman who is living out her ice cream dreams. We're going to get the scoop on what it takes to be a flavor guru. And then a little bit later from Cocktails to Pickleball, we're going to share some Pink Power products that actually help fight breast cancer as well. Third hour of today, back in just 60 seconds. Uh, this morning in our series on the job, a woman who has one of the sweetest jobs in America. Our Kristen Dahlgren got a taste of what it takes to be a Ben and Jerry's flavor guru. Is that mm. right, Kristen? <laughs> yeah, what an assignment, guys. I feel pretty certain that I wouldn't gone in, have gone into journalism if I knew this was an option. Who knew that a lifelong love of ice cream could be a career path? If you're an ice cream aficionado, you for sure cracked into a pint of Ben & Jerry's, perhaps the country's most famous ice cream, with iconic flavors like Half Baked and Cherry Garcia. So we decided to get a taste of what it's like to work here. Now you're ready to make ice cream? I am ready. Come in. Natalia Butler is known as the concoctor of concoctions, one of their 14 flavor gurus. That means she makes and tastes a lot of ice cream. Did you even know this was a job? No, so fun fact, I'm originally from Puerto Rico. I did my bachelor's in chemistry and literally I saw this building that said food science and I was like, wait a minute, is this even real life? My classes range from food microbiology, food processing, food analytics, food chemistry. Um, we go deep diving in like, the world of ice crystals, which is essentially what ice cream is. A few years after graduation, she got the call from what may be the holy grail for taste gurus. There were like 700 applicants. The day they called me, I literally sat in the parking lot and cried for like 30 minutes straight. Her team is mostly made up of food scientists and chefs, and making new flavors isn't easy. 
It can take up to two years to get from idea into the freezer. Of these 200 ideas, what are these 20 that are great ideas? And then from 20, you have to think of 10 that are very great. And from 10, five are like really, really doable. Not all flavors are a hit. Part of the factory tour is the Flavor Graveyard, a monument to the retired or dearly depinted. Epic fails. We had the popcorn. Another epic fail was uh, potato chips. Even though they were coated, they still got soggy. But Natalia's successes include Totally Unbaked, Netflix and Chilled, and Dairy Free Tonighto, which she showed me in one of their flavor labs. Part of the job is cutting into pints to make sure every scoop is superb. We say we have almond um, vanilla side and a chocolate side. We have cookie swirls, which you can see through reruns yeah. throughout. And then we have the chunks of man. Would you like to taste oh, with me? Of course. That's another thing that we do at the end of the whole process. We just go right in. We delve right out of the pint. So we just... Fast part. All right. Yeah. And we assess. Yeah, so it's like peanut butter Ooh. ice cream with salted uh, pretzel swirl. Um, How did you come up with the idea of a pretzel swirl? You're a genius. For one last treat, Natalia put me to work to make our very own Today Show flavor. It's a morning show. Yeah. So I figure we will start with coffee. I like it. Over time, this will steep into the ice cream so and then it will, start, it will get more and more coffee. But if you want for good measure, we can add a little bit more. Just a little. Now that we have our base, the possibilities are endless. We have almond toffee, we have shortbread, we have blondie brownies, which are buttery. We have pie crust pieces, we can go crazy in here. The good thing is like, we don't have to abstain. There's like also, I don't know if you try the toffee, there's crunchy and buttery. I think that'll go really well okay. with that as well. A few extra nuts for the 9 a.m. Is that so enough or should we put yes, some no, of other? I think, I think good, I think good. <laughs> Slow down, Kristen. Then it's time for caramel and toasted marshmallow swirls. Maybe not the prettiest part of the process. We squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. That's good. Machine malfunction. <laughs> That's good. But finally, voila. Hmm. So, why do you name it? Today's show wake up call? Hey, like that's it? very good. This is like the moment of truth. Oh. Cheers. Uh. You can really taste the ice cream. It's good. What do you think? Coffee. It's how did I it's do? Incredible. You did great. So I know we sent you guys some to taste. So I want to show you first. Though they freeze it upside down so that when you open it, oh. it has that beautiful top there. Mm -hmm. They sent me home with two. This is what my other one looks oh, like. My husband told funny. me last night. Um, well, bravo, Kristen. I may have this been dipping fantastic. into your ice cream. <laughs> this Kristen, is this is good. You like it? I yes. do. And wake up call and coffee, perfect. You got a future in this. See? Christian Dog. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not going to quit my day job quite yet, but <laughs> right, right. Please don't. I'll Thank enjoy you, a little Kristen. Thank you, Kristen. All right, Kristen. <laughs> well, coming up next in our series, Pink Power, products that give back from slippers to silver, great buys to help fund breast cancer research or help women who are fighting the disease. Third hour of today, we'll be right back.
October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and this morning in our Pink Power series, we're shining a light on some companies that are giving back. In fact, every single one of these products benefits breast cancer organizations all month long. So we have lifestyle expert Amy E. Goodman here to walk us through some of them. Good morning. Good morning. What a great idea. I know, and a wide variety of products, too. We all want our power of pink. We want our dollars to go back in a really good and positive way, and all of these organizations are doing amazing, amazing things. I love that. So let's start with with this one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, we all know pickleball is America fastest growing sport. So here we have pickleball paddles. They come in a variety of different colors and sizes, founded by two Argentinian uh, pickleball players who are kind of world-renowned in the top 20. And for every purchase of this, they're giving back 75% to BCRF, or the Breast Cancer Research Foundation. So, by the way, that organization um, is the largest private donor towards breast cancer research globally. Oh, wow. So they are doing wow. a lot of good work. Okay. I could see Chanel Jones in a I know. Yes. What size are these? I, we do have your size, actually, oh, Chanel. Yay. So these oh, are from Bionic Shoes. As we know, Bionic is really known for their comfort and amazing fit, and the softness of these slippers are amazing. So this is part of their BCA collection. Mm-hmm. Two different styles of slippers, eco-conscious sneakers. They start at $62.95. I can see you in them. Are cute? Aren't they adorable? And they all feature the little, uh, the breast cancer ribbon, the pink ribbon. Oh, yeah. And they're giving back 100%. Oh. Again, to BCRF. I know. And it's cute. absolutely incredible. So those are for the ladies. For the guys? For the guys. I wanted to give a little offering. Oh, and these are... Oh, this is nice. The BCA ribbon socks. My, my husband actually loves printed, funky, fun socks. A great way to support, or if you happen to be a man who has breast cancer, what a way Mm -hmm. to show your pride, I mean, to show your power. And so these actually benefit NBCF, or the National Breast Cancer Foundation. They're giving back 100%. So it's a $20, and it's it's most size fits all, men's sizes 6 to 12. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Now you're speaking our language here. (laughs) This looks like a cocktail kit. It is. Yes, it's the Wagtail Sing cocktail kit from Shaker and Spoon in conjunction with Speed Rack. And this is a cocktail. It comes complete with the kit, right? So you have everything that you need for this Japanese-inspired whiskey cocktail. Everything except for the big bottle of whiskey. Japanese whiskey, so, by the way, is all the rage. Right? Yes, it is. It's very on trend. You have some mole bitters in there, some underberg, which Ooh. is a bit of herbal. Oh, yeah. We don't do, got some bite for now. We don't do uh, cocktails very often in the third, so I thought oh, we'd just you. knock you right down. So, <laughs> $61 for all the BCA swag as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are giving back to the Pink Agenda, 82%. And the Pink Agenda is a group that gives back to breast cancer research, yes, but also to young professionals mm-hmm. who are facing the disease. So mm-hmm. something that we That's saw good. kind of emerge from COVID is these subsets within the breast cancer community so that you can have this support I love that. within your own yes. group. Where you have like-minded individuals yeah. going through the same yeah. strife. What is this? Oh, this is from Jane Iridell. It's their Glow Time Blush Stick in Balmy. So they say this looks good on a variety of great skin types, good for your cheeks. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing it actually right now it's pretty, it's on creamy. the lips. It is creamy. It's vegan. Yes. It has. It's got a lot Ready of. Uh, on his lips, right? Now. Oh, you, would you like to try some? We've got one right here. I mean, I'm okay. That, <laughs> yeah. That's not my shade. But I, so you put it on your cheeks and your lips? Oh, you could do cheeks, lips, other body parts if you want a, a little glow elsewhere. But very importantly, Jane is giving back 100 wow. percent um, to the Look Good, Feel Better program. This is for women who are currently undergoing breast cancer treatment mm. to help them learn some beauty techniques to kind of counterbalance that. the side effects that's of great. your, you know. Of your recovery it's and great. yes, yes, it's very, these are pretty. Yeah, this is from Sterling Forever. It is a their beautiful enamel oh, heart necklace. Nice. It comes in sterling silver, also fourteen karat gold if you prefer mm. gold. In two different shades of pink, they're giving back seventy five percent to the young 
Survival Coalition. And this is really important because it supports particularly young adults who are fighting against the disease. So typically women 40 and under, mm-hmm. there's about 528,000 young women fighting breast cancer globally right now. So their focus is to uplift, provide advocacy and give a voice to these young women and men who are uh, fighting fighting the this disease, fighting breast great cancer. Great. Collection of products for this. Yeah. Very good. Thank you so idea, much. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Well, coming up next, we've got some parental guidance. You might need this <laughs> as you navigate your teenager's years and maybe look in, at your kids in a whole new way, especially after this. Then <laughs> later, it's pizza and it's meatloaf. Mm. That's right. It's a match made in comfort food heaven. Meatloaf, meatloaf when the third hour of today continues. So how many times have you heard that your kids' teenage years could be the most difficult time of their life (laughs) and yours? Well, our next guest is actually here to dispel that myth. He's out with a new book. It's called Congrats! You're having a teen. <laughs> Strengthen your family and raise a good person. Oh, such a good idea. Dr. Ken Ginsberg is also the founding director of the Center for Parent and Teen Communication at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Good morning to you, Dr. Ken. Happy good to have you back. Good Glad to, to be here. Back. Good morning. So before we get started, let's talk about right now where we are as far as our, our teenagers are concerned. And the fact that there's, there's a mental health crisis mm-hmm. going on right now. So let's be clear that effective parenting is the antidote. It's how we support healthy emotions. Because when we love without condition, our kids know they're worthy of being loved. But if your child is struggling now, there's two things I want you to know. Okay. Good parents don't have kids without problems. Mm. Good parents show up. They stand beside their kids and they get them the support they deserve. Mm. Second. Sometimes the kids who have problems, the kids who worry too much, the kids who feel too deeply and sometimes get sad, do so because they're deeply compassionate, really sensitive, and really caring. They're going to be the most awesome adults. Mm. Really, adolescence is the time where we support them to learn how to manage their superpower, which is the intensity of their emotions. I love love what you just said there. That is so good. If that's the case, then my son's going to be just fine. (laughs) (laughs) One of those. Emotional kid. He feels yes. everything so deeply. So let's dig into uh, to some of the, the content here in the book. Think productively. That's one of the things you, you mm-hmm. write about. Think productively being one of your one of your tips for rearing a solid teenager. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so so many of the books out there are survival guides. Mm-hmm. Or we're in the grocery store line and a stranger taps us on the shoulder and says, get those hugs while you can. Yes, they're not going to last. You're right. Not productive. That makes adolescents look like a time of storm and stress, a time to be avoided. Think productively. Understand this is not a time to get past. This is a time to engage. Uh, So what do you mean by remove, replace? What does that mean? It means get rid of the idea of this being a time to get past. This is a time Uh, to gain and solidify lessons. So be present. Be very present and remove the idea of this is a time where adolescents are going to have risk and they're going to rebel. Instead, understand what's going on. They're stretching their wings. They're learning to become independent, and we support them to get there 
with our guidance. So, yeah. you, so you let them spread those wings. And, Amen. We as long do. as it's healthy and safe. You create really safe boundaries beyond which they can't stretch, but we support them to learn to stretch, to make mistakes, and to recover. How do you deal with the teenage attitude? Teenagers can be hot and cold, and then you think you've got them, and then the next moment they're cold. How do you deal with that? So this is actually a really important point. The adolescent emotional brain is brilliant. They're deeply empathetic. They're really working very hard to have strong emotions. What we want to do is use what's called cold communication, which is actually deeply warm, but it settles their emotional selves and it allows their rational selves to develop. So we remain calm. We are sincere with them. Mm. We tell them our feelings. We're honest about it. We don't lecture. Mm. We guide. Okay. And then we create the time and the space to nurture and support them so they feel safe. When they feel safe, their emotional selves remain calm and the rational part of the brain elevates. And you'll have kids who can make decisions you never imagined. Mm. Okay, so Doc, look, it's inevitable. There's going to be, you're going to go knock heads Mm -hmm. at times with with, with your kids. And I remember one of the things my dad always said to me, I'm your father, I'm not your friend. Mm. Uh, (laughs) And so how do we, when those moments happen, what do we do? Your father is very wise. The same kid who slams the door in the morning is going to be cuddling at you at night, telling you why they were having strong feelings. Why is it that we want to be a parent, not a friend? Because you worry about disappointing your friends. Your parents are always there for you. Be a parent, not a friend. And know this to your core. Know that this rejection is a passing phase. They're going to need to fly from the nest. They're going to need to imagine they can do it without you. So they're going to need to see you as invisible. (laughs) And they might even hate you for a moment. But believe that the reason they hate you is because they love you so this much. This is such a great parent there. Right? Right? I'm, 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 I, take I, I need to breath. get a car. I know, it's so good. <laughs> Do we have just, give me 15, 20 seconds on Lighthouse Parenting. Mm. Be a lighthouse for your child, a stable force on the shoreline from which they can measure themselves against. Oh, I want look, to give you a look, hug. Look down at the so rocks. Good. Don't let them crash against them. Look into the yeah. waves. Trust they're going to learn to navigate them and know it's your job to guide them to That's do so. Good. And know that you'll always make a foghorn sound. <laughs> mess. Right. This Dr. is a sermon. Ken, ben, Ken, this is Ken Ginsburg. Thank you. Thank come you back. So come much. back often. That it was is great. a joy and an honor. I feel like uh, I just went to church. Just ahead, because <laughs> we got kids at home with problems. <laughs> Uh, just ahead. Opportunities. Opportunities. That's right, Dr. Ginsburg. <laughs> A cheesy, meaty edition of Today Food, folks. Two classic meals, one dish. It's a pizza meatloaf, Al Roker. Oh. The recipe when we come Where's right this back. been all my life? <laughs> We are back now with our series Today Table, sponsored by Walmart. This morning, we are going to make a mashup that you didn't realize you needed. Pizza meatloaf. Mm, here to show us how is Jocelyn Delk Adams, founder of Grand Baby Cakes and author of Everyday Grand. Which you can buy right now, Everyday mm-hmm. Grand. Uh, by the way, folks, you can scan that QR code to order all of the ingredients. You can do it with just one click. Simply select Add Ingredients to Cart and then schedule a pickup or delivery could not be any easier. Jocelyn, thank you. Mm-hmm. This yes. is uh, this is a heck of a concept. Yeah. I know, right? Because my kid loves pizza. It's like, what's for breakfast? Pizza. Yes. Like, what do you want for dessert? Pizza. pizza. Everything. So I was like, I've got to make pizza variations. Right. Okay. Like, oh, so this is the best of meatloaf with a pizza. Exactly, with that pizza twist. Okay. So I'm going to start with some pepperoni because okay. she loves pepperoni. My daughter right. loves pepperoni. So I'm just going to just dice it up. You can make it as small as, as big as you like. Mm-hmm. You like a lot of texture. You can make 
make it bigger, so, you want smaller, blend it in. And then like a meatloaf, we just start adding stuff together, right? Add the pepperoni right? to the ground beef. Yep. Wow. Ground and it's going to give that, yeah, ground That's turkey. Meat ground, on meat. Meat on meat. Meat, it's on meat. It's a meat. It's a meat. <laughs> That's, yes. <laughs> meat lovers will love this, right? Okay. So pepperoni in there. I've got some garlic okay. going in there. Got some parsley. And then you can throw those eggs in for, for me. The binder? Yep. Get it in there. Got to bind it up. And then we've got some Italian breadcrumbs okay. here. Got to get that in there. And then we've got some seasonings. We've got some oregano. We've got um, some seasoning salt. We've got some black pepper. It's like pepper. the pizza part of yeah, it. Yeah, the pizza part. And okay. then we've got some milk as well. Okay. Just, Just whole milk. Go whole on. thing. You can use whatever milk you okay. want. Too. Okay. If you want to use like a coconut milk, if you want to use something like that. Like can you over milk. stir this too much? Well, I like to just make sure Cut everything's that. combined mm-hmm. as much as possible. Also, you can play around with the toppings. Like yeah. if you like olives, if you want to throw oh. mushrooms in mm-hmm. here, okay. like you can do that too. And then we get that all stirred up and then we get it into our loaf pan. Okay. This is the fun part is I like to create a well right oh. in the center and throw cheese. Oh, well, in the now we're talking. Is this mozzarella? Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. I mean, it's a pizza meatloaf. Okay. We're now the sauce. Yes. Now the sauce. So to make this easy, like people can buy like a pizza sauce mm-hmm. like at the grocery store. Right. And then I like to doctor it up. Just add some additional sure. seasonings okay. in there. Got some garlic powder. Okay. Got some oregano, some basil and got some parsley. And then for a little kick, I've got some red pepper. Uh, there you go. Is that yep. basil? Yeah. Okay. All right. Just get okay. that in there. And then you're going to stir it up. Now, if you don't have time, just grab Buy the, the sauce. Right, right. Keep it moving. All right. This can still be a really easy thing. You're going to bake it. All that now, cheese cover, is going to uh, ooze in the center. Where do you cover, the, you cover this up just so, for the sauce? Yeah, if you have some ex- uh, extra meat, you can just start uh, flipping it over the top. Mm-hmm. We're going to not do it with oh, the Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. And then it covers the well, and right. then you bake it up, Look and then this. the cheese like just melts in the center when it oh, comes out goodness. of the oven. Look oh, just the, the presentation alone. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. Fun. it's so fun. And yes. then you just drizzle the sauce on it? And then you it? just drizzle the sauce and, and serve it with I'll it. I'll try it. Come on, get into wow, it now. Here we go. That's great. Isn't it so yum? What a great concept. Mm. Yes. And this is good for like football too. Like oh, this sure. is, Right? Mm. That's really good. You can good. make little yeah, individual ones. Yes, you can make little individual oh, ones. Fantastic. Serve them up. It's so easy. And That's really good, Josh. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> Mm. I love the marriage. <laughs> Again, you can buy all the ingredients in this recipe from our sponsor, Walmart, mm. by scanning the QR code on the bottom of your screen, or you can head to uh, <laughs> today.com slash today table. Just a reminder, today does, earn, bite. I know. Today does <laughs> earn a commission from purchases made through the QR code or links right. on today.com. <laughs> I'm eating clean tomorrow. We'll be right back. Tomorrow? Tomorrow. Sorry, tomorrow. tomorrow. Hashtag start tomorrow. Tomorrow. Start this tomorrow. Is so good. Start it's tomorrow. Like Well, that does it for today. But tomorrow in the third hour of today, Gone Girl author Gillian Flynn live in studio going to share her fall book picks. Coming up on Hoda and Jenna, Oscar winning actress Reese Witherspoon on her new children's book, rom-com and more. And by the way, folks, here's your daily reminder. You can watch today anytime over on our streaming channel today all day. You can even catch our full broadcast at 11 o'clock and 2 o'clock Eastern every weekday. Just head to today all day streaming channel on Peacock or your smart TV. Have a great day, everybody. Hope to see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.